Good evening, everyone. This is Brother Brandon coming to you live from Fayetteville, Arkansas with another Fishers of Men video broadcast. And it is good to be here this evening. And uh, we'd like to welcome each and every one of you to tonight's Bible study. And um, we have quite a bit to get through tonight. And uh, so we might just, uh, I'm probably going to just go ahead and jump right into it here. Uh, but before we jump into it, because, you know, I've got quite a bit of stuff to talk about. Um, just, uh, just a quick couple things. <coughs> um, tonight we're going to be finishing up uh, Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, one week from today we're going to be getting into 1 Peter. So you all pray for me on that, and uh, uh, pray that God will just be glorified uh, through this, and lives will be changed, um, both the saved and the lost. And uh, pray that God's will will be done um, as a result of this broadcast and video. Um, do pray for the broadcast. Um, evidently, I tried doing it on my phone, and it just cut out on me. And the devil's... I'm going to tell you something. The devil's not wanting this video out so you you pray for me on that you pray that for god's protection over this video um because i'm gonna tell you something there's things we're gonna be talking about tonight this devil's not gonna like and uh so you you pray for me on this video uh please do pray for me and uh, pray for my ministry pray for just um just pray that uh things would just go well um with these videos and Pray that God's will will be done. Amen. So, <clears throat> like I said, we have a lot to talk about tonight um, in our Bible study. I don't know how long this is going to take. Actually, this might take the full hour. We'll see. Because um, I got a lot of information and a lot of things to talk about. And my notes, I mean, is really just comprised of scripture upon scripture. So... <clears throat> we're just going to go ahead and get ju just jump into it, okay? Um, so if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, chapter 6. And uh, we're going to go ahead and start in verse 1. It says, um, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou may livest long on the earth. Now we see here that this commandment, honor thy father and mother, has a promise attached to it. And, this, and it says this is the first commandment with promise. Okay? So... The promise to this commandment is that you will live long on the earth. You'll have long life. God will bless you <coughs> with longer life if you honor your parents. Okay? So, honoring the parents is <coughs> a big deal. Now, 
In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20, it says, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Keep thy father's commandment. So you see that um, when you keep your father's commandment and when you don't forsake the law of your mother, okay, when you do those two things, those two things go hand in hand and therefore it's part of honoring your parents. <clears throat> so Solomon, through... Solomon, through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, is telling us to keep our Father's commandments and forsake not the law of our mother. Okay, so you see that those things sort of, you know, those things go hand to hand and you can't have one without the other. Now, in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 22, it says, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. You know when your parents go when your parents get old the children should have that responsibility to take their parents into their home and to take care of them because your parents raised you and took care of you and fed you so when when your parents get old you should be able to take care of them and help them out when they are in that old age <clears throat> okay, that is a big part of honoring your parents. And I'll tell you something, even when your parents, when they pass on, and when they leave this earth, when they leave this dimension, they, they go into eternity, you should still honor them. Even when they're gone, you should still honor them when they're gone. And how you honor them is... You don't disrespect them. You don't talk about them disrespectfully. You always, you know, you know, present a good image for your parents, whether you agree or disagree. Now, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, Children, obey your parents in all things. Okay, this is a commandment to the children. Obey your parents in how many things? It says, Obey in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Children are not to just honor their parents in some things and neglect others. We're commanded to obey our parents in all things. All things. Not just some things, but all things. <clears throat> in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So we see in this verse the promise that's attached to honoring your parents. And what is that? It's so that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth, thee, giveth you. So we see that when you have something when you have a promise attached to a commandment like that you see that God has an emphasis at how important it is to honor our parents okay 
there is an importance to honoring our parents. <clears throat> now, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Honor thy father and thy mother, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged, and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Okay, what does it mean for your days to be prolonged? Again, it's God will give you longer days to your life. When you honor your parents and you respect them and give them the honor they deserve, God promises that their that your days will be prolonged, which means he'll add to your days. You'll have long life in the land that he gives you on this earth. Again, there's an importance to honoring your parents. If there wasn't and now I'm not saying that Okay, so when you take a look at all the other Ten Commandments, <clears throat> we see that a lot of them, there isn't really a promise attached to them. But this one does. Now, I'm not saying the other commandments are not important. They are. But this one, when you see that there's a promise attached to it, you see that this is a big deal in God's eyes. Now, I'm not saying that this is a bigger deal than the rest of the commandments. No. All the commandments are a big deal. But this one is just as much of a big deal as the next one. And we, we see that God takes it seriously. So we see there's an importance to honoring your, your parents. Amen? Now, <coughs> let's continue on. In verse 4, and it says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and ad admonition of the Lord. So we see here that, that Paul is advising the children to obey and honor the parents. That with the children that they might have long life. However, we also see there's a commandment to the fathers. And it says, provoke not your children to wrath. Okay. <clears throat> now, first of all, fathers, you should not provoke your children. You sh fathers, you need to be careful. At Let me say this way. Fathers, you have to be careful at how you present yourself. Because number one, I'll tell you what, depending on how you live your life will determine your child's will determine your child's eternity. So fathers, you have to be very careful at how you raise your kids. Because if you if you don't raise your kids right, you will provoke your children to wrath. Meaning that your kids will not just reject you, but they may reject Christianity in whole. Remember what remember what God says in His Word. It says that we are 
we are not appointed unto what? Wrath. Let's, uh, let's, 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 uh, <clears throat> let's take a look at that verse. Okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, it says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul here is saying, Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Okay, do not put your kids in a position where they just flat out reject you and the gospel because of what you did. Don't provoke your kids to wrath. But you see here, that second part of the verse is, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You are to raise them in the admonition of the Lord, and you're supposed to nurture them. It's nurture and admonition of the Lord. And if you don't do that, your kids will... Your kids may not get saved, and they may just be appointed under wrath if they have a seared, if they end up growing up with a seared conscience. So, fathers, you have to be careful at how you raise your kids. If you don't want to provoke your kids to wrath, what you do is you bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Okay. <clears throat> also, fathers. You don't want to, you don't want to, you don't ever want to, um, you don't want to be putting yourself in a position where your, your kids won't have any respect for you. So I'm going to tell you something. If you discipline, fathers, if you discipline your kids right, they may not be happy with you, but they'll respect you for it. So yes, kids have to honor their parents, but fathers are not to provoke their children to anger. Okay. <clears throat> Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Genesis chapter 18, verse 19 for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. And you realize here it says they shall keep the way of the Lord. Well, how do they keep the way of the Lord? Well, first of all, you have to be taught the ways of the, of, of the Lord. And that's the father's job. So again, we're starting to see that fathers, you have to raise your kids right. You have to. Psalm 78 verses, uh, verses 4 through 5. <clears throat> we will not hide them from their children, shewing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength. And his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob. <clears throat> and appointed a law in Israel. Which he commanded our fathers. That they should. Make them known to their children. 
If okay, so I hope that makes sense. So with that said, let's continue reading on. Start in verse five. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart, as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, <clears throat> but as the servants of God, or the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. So here we're dealing with masters and servants. Masters and servants. Which can actually be equated to how you treat your how you are to treat your 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 boss and how your boss is to treat you. Okay? Now in Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 through 23, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men. Okay? In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 1 through 2, let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed, and they that have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren, but rather do them service, because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. <clears throat> now, um, in Titus chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, extorts, not extort, Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not prolonging, but shewing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. And Philemon chapter 1 verse 16, it says, Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother, a brother beloved, especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Amen. Now, <clears throat> these next ones, these next verses I'm going to share with you is receiving of the Lord. Okay, now I'm going to tell you something. Let's go back here. Um, let's see here. I think I may have missed something. I did. So before we get to those verses, let me continue reading. <clears throat> Let me kind of go back here to verse 5. It says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of your, of your heart, is unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With 
goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be, be bond or free. Okay? And ye masters do the same thing unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master is master also is in heaven. Neither is there respect of persons with him. So, let's talk about receiving from the Lord. <clears throat> because when we're supposed to do all things, when we do when we do things, we do things not unto man, but we're to do things unto God. Amen. In one of these days, believers, you are going to be rewarded for what you do in this body, whether good or bad. <clears throat> and actually, let me say this. You're going to receive from the Lord um, what you do in this body. Okay? Now, receiving of the Lord. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Okay? Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Did you hear that? The judgment seat of Christ is a place where all believers are going to have to stand before God. Okay? The great white throne is only, the great white throne judgment is only for the lost. But the judgment seat of Christ is where all believers will go to give an account. Does that make sense with you guys? So if you are a believer, you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Okay. <clears throat> now let's continue on. That everyone may receive the things done in this body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So whether good or bad, you are going to stand before Christ at the judgment seat of Christ and you will receive what you have done. Whether it be good or bad. Now that's not talk now that's not saying that you'll end up in hell, no. Because remember, the judgment seat of Christ is only specifically for those who are believers in Christ, those who are born again. All those will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. <clears throat> now, Colossians chapter 3, verses 24 through 25. Knowing that of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons. Amen. There's no respect of persons with God. Now, let's talk about, let's give, I'm going to give you some verses. I'm going to give you some verses here about forbearing. Okay, this comes from verse 9. It says, and ye, mas and ye masters, so going back to Ephesians 6, going <clears throat> and reading in verse 9, it says, And ye masters, do the same things 
onto them, forbearing, threaten, uh, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Now, <clears throat> Leviticus chapter 25, verse 43. It says, Thou shalt not rule over him with rigor, but shall fear thy God. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17, For the Lord your God is the God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. Okay. In Acts chapter 10, verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respect of respecter of persons. In other words, God does not show favoritism. What he's done for people in the past to do now. Okay. God is fair. He is just. He is not. And he'll give. And think about it. Think about the parable where... Um, I think it was the parable where, where Jesus pays a penny to ev where, where the Lord pays a penny to everybody. Isn't that fair? Think about that. God is fair with with his with his money. <clears throat> now Ephesians Okay, so, oh, by the way, I want before we move on to verse 10 of, in, in Ephesians, Thou shalt not rule over him with rigor, but shall fear thy God. Amen. Can't have rigor, especially, employers are not to serve, they're not to have, they're not to have rigor with their employees. They need to treat them fair. Okay? There needs to be a fairness between... I mean, there needs to be... Listen. The um, employers are to be fair with their employees. And at the same time, employees have to respect and honor their employers. Whether they disagree or not, they still need to respect and honor them. Okay, just as a child needs to respect his parents, when you go into the workforce, you are to respect your employer. Do not tell him off and don't be disrespectful to him. Okay, you ought to show respect for your employer. Now, let's continue on here. Um, verse 10 of, of Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Okay, Paul is admonishing the believers there to be strong in the Lord. In the power of his might. Haggai chapter 2 verse 4. It says, Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, 
saith the Lord. And be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. And be strong, all you people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. I understand that that we are going through some, as believers, we're going through some pretty tough times right now. God's people are just getting whipped from one end to another. We're just, we have our days, we just, devil, I'm telling you, the, de the devil is send his, sending his minions faster than we can count. And we're always constantly at spiritual warfare. Which, I'm going to tell you something, folks. This is why we need to live separated and holy lives. And I know I'm going to sound very repetitive with this. But you guys, God is needing his people to live separated and holy lives. Because if you are living in the flesh, you will not win any spiritual battle against Satan. I believe the Holy Ghost is trying to get a message to his people. And the message is, you need to live a sanctified, holy life in Christ. You need to separate yourselves from this world and, se and separate yourself onto God and for his service. You need to separate yourself from sin. That's what holiness is. Holiness is being separated away from sin onto God. And it says in 1 Peter, Be ye holy as I am holy. We ought to be holy as God is holy. We ought to be a light. We, are, we, are, we ought to be salt. We ought to be a peculiar holy people. Because if we're not, we're going to be costing the lost and dying world eternity. How you live and what you say and what you do matters. And I cannot emphasize that point enough. <clears throat> How you live and what you say matters. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit ye like men. Be strong. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. The same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also? Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. I'm not going to say any more to that. Because that verse right there sums up the verse I just read in Ephesians. Let's go on. 1 John chapter 2, 
verse 14. <clears throat> I have written unto you fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Now take a look at now take a look at that for a second. John didn't say to the young men, "You are strong," and that was it. Why are these young men strong? Because the word of God abideth in you. Ooh, okay. Have your turn your Bibles to Psalm one nineteen. Psalm 119. This this is good. I think you'll like this. Psalm 119. Verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Think about, think about that for a second. The young men are strong because they have the word of God abideth in them. Jesus Christ is that word of God. And when you become born again and regenerated, where does Christ abide? He abides in your heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So what does that tell you? That when you have Jesus in your heart, you may not sin against him. Why? Because when you do sin, Christ will chasten his kids. And Christ you will use chastisement to beat the sin out of you. Why? So you may so that you might stop whatever it is that you have issues with. Think about that. And without Christ, you won't win. Spiritual warfare. You won't win battles against the devil without Christ. You have to have Christ in your heart. It is by the power of the Holy Ghost that you... you it is by the power of the Holy Ghost and by the Word of God that you can, that you can fend off the devil. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Well, how do you resist him? You open your Bible and you tell that old devil, it is written, it is written, it is written. And the Bible says, he'll flee from you when you resist him. <coughs> now, go back, go back to Ephesians chapter 6 and we will continue reading. Start in verse 11 here. It says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, it says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may resist. Or be able to, sorry, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against. You cannot stand against the wiles of the devil if you don't have your armor on. So you have to have your armor on every day. So put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the, of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, 
that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. <clears throat> stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, <clears throat> and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. <clears throat> now, I'm going to talk about putting on the armor here. Put on the armor. In Romans chapter 13, verse 12, it says, The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Can I tell you something? Cast off the, the works of darkness. You know what the works of darkness is? Sin. Which, what does that tell you? That demonstrates holiness. You need to cast off the works of darkness. And put on the armor of light. We are the children of light. When we become born again... We are the children of light. So we ought to walk as children of light and not darkness. Again, this is, this is why we need to live separated lives. We need to have that armor of light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. question I have for to you is, do you have Christ in your heart? Are you putting on Christ on every day? Because we ought to set aside every weight of sin that besets us, and we are to run our race, we are to fight that good fight of faith, we are to put that armor, that armor of light on. And we need to be pressing towards the mark of a high calling in Christ Jesus. If you are born again today, you are made a new creature and old things are passed away. New things become new. Now, Isaiah chapter 11 verse 5. It says, And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 59 verse 17 for he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head and he put on the garments of vengeance for his clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Do you have that breastplate of righteousness on you? That righteousness is the righteousness of Christ. And you have to have that on you. Do you have that helmet of salvation on you? Which is having that assurance of salvation. These things are written that ye may know that you have eternal life. This is why we need to get into the into our Bibles daily. <coughs> Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God. 
faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God. The shield of faith. Think about that. The shield of faith. What builds your faith? The word of God. So you see that every piece of armor is connected to Christ. You can't stop the devil. Christ can. The question I have is, again, are you putting on Christ every day? We should. We should. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings. Gospel means good news. Good news is good tidings. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings. That publish peace. That bringeth good tidings of good that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. Romans chapter 10, verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preacheth the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verses 36. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy gentleness hath made me great. <clears throat> Amen. Now, we'll continue on here in verse 18. Actually, we're not there yet, so let me continue reading. It says, Wherefore, take unto the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt up with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Okay? And Romans... Uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he, searched, and he that searcheth the hearts and knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to to the will of God. You see, the Holy Ghost, a lot of times we don't know what we're praying about. 
we don't know what to pray. <clears throat> so the Holy Ghost intercedes for us and prays to the Father. Amen? That's what the Holy Ghost does. When we pray, the Holy Ghost intercedes for us. He does. Um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. We all know this one. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. In Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 3, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a, us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. <clears throat> now, Let's continue on, and uh, we've got a couple more verses, and then we'll close. Verse 20, For which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. But that ye also may know my affairs, and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that ye might know our affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. Okay? Now, Paul says that he is an ambassador in bonds. Now, if you think about it, we are all ambassadors for Christ. Now, what's an ambassador? An ambassador is one that represents a country and they represent their country and what they stand for and you know what they stand for and they 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 represent their country okay as born again believers we are we are ambassadors for Christ we represent heaven we represent Christ and what he stands for and we represent his word unfortunately there are a lot of christians that that don't act that way and we ought to be that way. We are called to be ambassadors for Christ. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. In Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. And last but not least, before we close, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. It's a very short one. It says, And Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. And we know that because we're in the book of Ephesians and that we see that Paul had sent Tychicus to Ephesus. Amen. So with that, we're going to close and we're going to close out the rest of the chapter.
23. It says, Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Do you love the Lord with sincerity today? I hope you do. If not, it's this is the time to get it to repent and get right with God. Because God wants his people to be sincere and genuine with their walk with them and not lying and two-faced and and hypocritical or any of that. God wants his people to be genuine, to be loving without hypocrisy. Amen. So, that's it. We are done with the book of Ephesians. And um, next time, next week, we're going to be starting 1 Peter. And I should probably place my mark in there just in case. No. So we're going to be starting in 1 Peter. And uh, hopefully this has been a blessing to you. Um, listen, we have to live holy and separated lives. We need, to, we need to serve the Lord in sincerity and in truth. Okay, we need to serve the Lord in sincerity and in truth. Because when we do, when we do serve the Lord sincerely and, genu and genuinely, when we genuinely serve the Lord with sincerity, and when we are genuine about our faith, then we can be a true bright light in this lost and dying world. Amen? So, anyways... I love you guys. Hopefully this was a blessing to you. Um, Y'all pray for me. Y'all pray for my ministry. You pray uh, pray that God will take this and do uh, mighty things with this. Amen. And uh, please share this. If you feel led to share it, please share it. Because we need to get the word out. Amen. So, but listen, that's all I got for tonight. Um, I love you guys. Um, this is Brother Brandon. I'm going to be signing off for the evening. I love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a fantastic and terrific week. And if the Lord wills, we will see you all on Sunday evening. Okay? Love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a good week. Have a good night. See ya. Bye.